a slightly different setup for you today because this is all about Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Um, or actually, it's all about my trip to Edinburgh and the glorious people that I was there with and how much fun we had and what we got up to. And it was all hinged around the Edinburgh Yarn Festival. So it's not specifically just a vlog about the festival itself. It's about that time that we had at Edinburgh with just fabulous people. EYF was a couple of weeks ago now almost and it's taken me this long to garner my thoughts on it because I want this to be a useful vlog if it can be if anybody else is thinking about going to Edinburgh Yarn Festival and taking it in and I, I thought I'll try and give you some hints and tips and show you the kind of things that are available to buy and um, yeah just take you through the adventures that we had whilst we were there. Right, Edinburgh Yarn Festival 2018. I've been for the last two years to Edinburgh, um, to the Yarn Festival, and on the first year I went up during the day, stayed overnight and did a workshop on the Sunday, so I was in at the festival on the Saturday, and it was a two-day festival at that point. Last year I went up and back down on my own um, on the train, and it was a really long day and it was exhausting, and the festival was still a two-day festival. And whilst I enjoyed going round and seeing all of the sites that and all the people that were vending, if I'm really being truthful, I didn't enjoy the festival that much and it wasn't the festival's fault. So um, Edinburgh is all about community, meeting up with people and being able to sit and craft with your tribe. That's what Edinburgh Yard Festival is very much set up for. Um, it's about being able to sit in open spaces, meet up with podcasters. It's a very social gathering. And the two times previously that I'd been there, um, whilst I'd met people and come across them, I still felt like it was quite a lonely experience. And so, you know me, I'm not one to approach something in, in a negative way. I thought, right, I need to um, give it another chance, but come at it in a completely different way. And so what I did was um, put it out on the podcast, offered it out to anybody that wanted to come for the for the yarn festival, and I hired a big tenement house. <laughs> and then everybody paid for their accommodation. There were 12 of us in total. And I thought, if that can't be a social experience and I don't like Edinburgh Yarn Festival at the end of that, then I'm really coming at it from the wrong angle. And I had a wonderful time. So it really, it backs up what I was saying a moment ago about it being a very social place and for me to get the most out of Edinburgh Yarn Festival I want to do it with lots of people and have loads of contact and loads of toing and froing and chatter and and extend it beyond the Yarn Festival as well so be able to spend time with people walking about, going for dinner, doing loads of other bits and pieces as well as just looking at yarn um, and that's exactly what we managed to do. So there were um, a number of people from quite a few different parts of my life that were staying in the accommodation and um, we were split down into five different bedrooms and we just, we had a lovely place to go and stay. What that meant though, that was um, a kind of cluster of us that went up on the train first thing on Thursday morning. The Edinburgh Yarn Festival for the first time in 2018 has moved to a three day festival. I personally felt like that worked really well because on the Thursday you could only get entry into the festival if you had a pre-bought ticket. That meant for me that it was much 
quieter, I could actually walk around. I actually managed to get to talk to some of the vendors, and that's been particularly difficult. You know, there's a reason that I haven't taken an Edinburgh Yarn Festival vlog the two years prior to this, and that's because I simply couldn't get into the stalls. I couldn't get into photograph them, certainly couldn't get into um see and speak to the vendors. So that made it a very different experience. I managed to speak to people. I didn't feel like I was being um, swamped. There were no sharp elbows out by people. There was no antsiness, which to be fair, I've never experienced at Edinburgh anyway, but I have in other kind of knitting and stitching shows where people can actually just be quite rude to you. So that to me made the world of difference. I could take my time, look around and um, really appreciate what was available and what was on offer at the festival. The other thing that made a marked difference this year was that they had added 500 seats. So they had erected a marquee on the back of the corn exchange and that allowed 500 people to go and sit there. Previously, every, the, the big sitting space has been up by the podcaster lounge. It's been incredibly busy, very noisy. It's actually quite a dark space as well, whereas the marquee was light um, it was 80 and we had seats all the while. What we actually did was went in and grabbed a table every morning and we put signs up saying, um, by all means, come and join us, come and, come and sit and craft with us so that nobody felt that there was a table that they couldn't come and join. Anybody could come and sit down with us and have a natural and do a bit of crafting with us. So people weren't allowed to take seats away from us, but they could come and sit with us and... We just had this constant throughput of people coming in and sitting with us um, in the marquee and that was really lovely. Um, so they, for me, are the two key things that made it a very different yarn festival. Having the Thursday and having restricted tickets on the Thursday and having the marquee so that people could sit down because it's really tiring being in a yarn festival. It's a real... Um, kind of insult on all of your senses because there are, you know, smells, sights, um, things to hear, lots of chatter. It's a very intense situation to be in and you need that chill out space. So um, well done to the organisers, Mika and Joe, for making that happen because it was one of the things that I'd fed back last year to say more seating and um, actually I said more seating, more crochet, obviously. I'm always going to say that though. And um, <laughs> not fewer people, but it would have been nice to be able to walk around a bit more and they've, they've really managed to apply that. So that was fabulous. Met up with loads of people on the Thursday. It was just, it was great fun. So um, what I'm not going to do is list off all of the people that I met with because you know who you are and you know that I love you all dearly. I just had such a ball with you all. Um, but people from all around the world. And yeah, it was it was fab to meet people finally that I've been in contact with for well over a year and are that are friends, people that I would consider friends. So we spent the Thursday in at the festival. And what was really handy was that we'd come straight off the train and got on the train to Slateford and then it's an easy walk up over the bridge, down the steps, across the road and you're at the Corn Exchange. So they work with a charity called the Teapot Trust 
and that allows you to put your baggage in. So if you're doing what we did and you haven't got time to drop your stuff off at your accommodation, you can actually go and put suitcases in at the Teapot Trust, which is within the Corn Exchange. So that's really helpful information that you, you don't have to try and find a locker elsewhere or um, try and get your accommodation first. You can just take it all there. I think it was £5 for me to put my massive suitcase in, um, which I thought was really good, given that it's it's all going to charity. It's all charitable donation. Um, so, yeah, that was the Thursday and at the festival. And then on the Thursday night, I had arranged a, a hookup. So it was in a really cool cafe bar space called Spoon. And they'd sectioned off a little area for us. And they did great veggie food, vegan food. Basically, they, they've, they've got quite a basic menu and then they can tailor it to you depending on what your food requirements are. If you're gluten-free, they can chop and change things around. It was lovely food and there were about, I think, 25 to 30 of us there. Great fun. Lots of people crafting, um, just having a good time. I did a little raffle. I'd managed to bring up kind of excess yarns and stuff, other people donated bits and pieces. On the Thursday morning I went and saw Kat and Joanne from the Crochet Project and they gave me a load of patterns to give away as part of the raffle for the for the hookup on that night. So that was the Thursday night at Spoon and I would do that again. It was just so much fun to have um, lots of people in one space, in a restaurant, drinking, eating, crocheting away, just having fun together and everybody mingling and just meeting new people that they maybe hadn't met before. So that was that was really good. Um, on Friday I had a, a bit of a chill out just with my best friend Jenny and um, friend Beck as well and we just kind of plutered around Edinburgh. So one of the things that we did do is we nipped into Ginger Twist Studios and that's run by a lady called Jess. She was also vending at the show, but I think she's found over the years that people also want to go to her shop rather than just go and meet her at the show and go and look at her stuff at the show. And I don't know where she was keeping her show stocked because her shop was absolutely rammed. It was full to the gunnels and then she had a totally full stand at the show as well. So, um, so after Ginger Twist Studios, we went up to the castle.
to be a really windy city. It's got a very open street structure and the wind just furls down it. Um, we had snow, it was just, it was bitterly cold. So I was very pleased for all of the shawls and wraps and gloves and mittens and stuff that I'd packed with me. Um, so yeah, if you're going, wrap up warm, take all of your woolens. It's definitely, it's definitely a place to show off and wear your woolens as Edinburgh. So we did all of that and then came back from the castle and um, it was time for Jenny and I to get ready because we'd managed to bag tickets for the Cayley, um, which was, you know, hugely anticipated. And um, we, unfortunately, Jenny and I were the only two people in our group of the accommodation and actually of all of the other people that were there but staying elsewhere we were the only two that managed to get tickets apart from Alison and Vivian from the Keep Calm and Carry On podcast. So the Kalia is actually now held in the marquee. I think in previous years it's been held up by the podcaster lounge in what I think is called the Baron Room. But what that meant was there were a lot of people in there and quite a small dance floor for a Kaylee, I have to say. The tickets were £45. Um, definitely not everybody that wanted a ticket got a ticket. But it had a buffet. The food was really nice. You were called up by table by table. So it wasn't a free-for-all. and People were very measured about not taking too much food. Um, and the food was really nice quality. It was fantastic. The Cayley band that they had were called the Picts. Really quite well-known Scottish band. And they were great at calling out the music, great band for a Cayley, um, good at calling out, good at giving instructions. But it's really interesting when you go to a Cayley, which is full of international people, is of course, they haven't grown up doing Cayley dancing. Fun. 
halfway through the band went for a break and when they came back they weren't really doing Kaylee music they were singing which I thought was a bit of a shame because it had been billed as a Kaylee and at that point lots of people were leaving lots of people had actually already left I think it had just been a long day and the real party goers were the ones that were remaining on the dance floor but it was mayhem absolute mayhem like I said lots of people from all over the world um, trying to do let's strip the willow especially the reels and the jigs and stuff that's where it gets more confusing because it's quite fast I'm not sure I would do it again next year if I'm being totally honest about it it was £45 and I view that as two to three skeins of yarn. There is another Kaylee that occurs on a Friday night in Edinburgh and it's at a place called Gilly Do. And I think what happens is that a lot of the people that don't get into the Edinburgh Yarn Festival Kaylee um, go and do the Gilly Do one instead. And I think with that one you can turn up after they've done the supper and it's something like eight or ten pounds on the door and then you get in and again it's called um, called dances so they give you all of the steps and then you can go and do that so in a few years time when I do Edinburgh Yarn Festival again if I want to take in a Kaylee that's probably what I will go and do um, in part because there wasn't as much socialising as I thought there would be at the Kaylee I did lots of dancing and I think had the band actually done Kaylee dances for the second half I would have got a lot more out of it I didn't necessarily want to be doing dancing to Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl. I wanted to be jigging, high energy uh, dancing. That said, I met um, two absolute gems at the Cayley. We arrived late-ish and so we managed to just get two seats right up by the dance floor. And we were on a table with um, other podcasters and two of them were podcasters I hadn't um, seen any of their podcasts yet and these these two ladies have really they were part of the cement of making my Edinburgh Yarn Festival 2018 particularly wonderful and it was just one of those chance meetings and I know that I'll be in contact with them for years to come so the first was a lady called Sarah from Fibre Trek and I will talk a little bit more about her in when I show off the bits and pieces that I've got. Um, uh, her her podcast is Fibre Trek. She lives in Maine, in America, and she is passionate about getting the true story of Maine fibre and wool out and known. And she's very involved, very engaging, and just wonderful. And the second person is a lady called Claire, who many of you may have heard of. She actually runs the Woolly Thistle, which is an online shop in America. Claire's actually Scottish. <laughs> Do you see how I ramped up my Scottish here? Claire's actually Scottish. Um, she's Scottish, but she lives in America now. And what she does is imports a lot of UK breed wools, takes care of the international shipping, and then can ship them out to people in America and Canada at a much cheaper rate than you would otherwise get it if you were pulling it in from the UK. So really good resource to know about. And she also has her own podcast. Now these two ladies, you know when you just come across people who light the world up, they're positive, lovely people, and you only have to talk to them for a couple of minutes just to think, if I, if I, 
if I lived beside you, we would go on some amazing fibre adventures together. We would, you know, the passion that we share for all things wool um, and your positivity would just absolutely cement a, a long-term friendship. <laughs> I'm saying this like they feel the same way, but if you're watching Sarah and Claire, hello, you really made um, part of my Edinburgh Yarn Festival 2018. You really did. Um, so that was, that was the Kayleigh, that was Friday done. Um, when, when I got back on the Friday afternoon, I was able to get some little bits of video and footage of what other people had brought back in from the festival. So I'll show you what others bought on those days. So I thought you might like to see some of the stash that the lovely folk have been buying. And we're going to start with... This one. Hello. 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 <laughs> Do you want to tell people who you are? I'm Corinne, or Salapis, online. And what have you been buying? I have been buying lots of British breed wool for a blanket, like this, and then um, some lovely minis for another blanket. And they are gorgeous. Um, and then, rather unexpectedly, discovered that I loved this magazine, Lena here. Yeah. And then had to buy a jumper's worth <laughs> to make something from it. It's a good stash. Yeah. Is there anything in there that you like had to have? You, the minute you saw it, you thought, that's mine. All of it. All of it. <laughs> Every single last drop Every of it. Last <laughs> have you had fun? Yes. You've enjoyed EYF? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. I'm going to close in. It's gorgeous. Beautiful. It's going to be interesting making socks from that and seeing how they how they work wear. with the rami in it. Yes. Lovely. Thank you very much. Okay. You have to wave. <laughs> so before I flash off the next load of stash, look at all the people. Look at all the lovely, lovely crochet people. <laughs> so, who are you? I'm Lisa on Instagram, Lisa Raspberry Crochet. She's lovely. <laughs> and what have you bought? I have bought a lot of John Arbin textiles. Yay! <laughs> All this year to make a jumper. And I have bought some Hey Mama Wolf because they are very sustainable and I yeah. love that. And I've bought an Anna and Juan hook. So, I've not seen those hooks before, but they look really pretty. Mm. They are solid wood made in Germany and sealed with natural wood oil produced in Switzerland. Excellent. And your John Arbin is going to be a yoked sweater? Yes. But a crocheted one? A crocheted one. Yeah. Woohoo! Flying the flag for crochet. And the Himal wool stuff is just beautiful and naturally dyed with plant dyes. It's gorgeous. Was there anything in there that you just saw and thought, have to have it? I was actually very restrained. <laughs> <laughs> I made myself be restrained, but everything here has a purpose. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's a good call. That's what I'm trying to do as well. It doesn't always work, but yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Thank you! No you have to wave. wave. <laughs> <laughs> Next load of stash comes from Sharon. What were you buying? Hello, Hello I'm weaving. <laughs> My favourite is from the Border Mill. Yeah. Alpaca rose. So it's made with alpaca and rose stems. I've been saying rose petals, but it's 
It's rose, rose stems. Rose um, when you bought them yesterday, it was a very definite you fell oh, in yes, love I with them. Oh, yes, I must have them. And I stood there for at least half an hour deciding on the colours. Yeah. But these are for a pattern I've got in mind, so they're perfect. I might go back Beautiful. tomorrow. Just more play yarn. More play yarn, because yes. it is beautiful. And what else did you buy? A lovely project bag. I think it's called Cosmic Otter. It's either Ooh. Space Otter or Cosmic Otter. I'd l I would love it One, to be Space Otter. I think it is Space I think it is Space Otter, but in my head I was thinking Cosmic Otter. Yeah. So that's my name for it. And some sock yarn for my daughter. Some sock shirt, which is lovely. Yeah. This crochets up really, really nicely. Oh yeah, I'm doing crochet so yeah. all crochet. Yeah. And some linen and silk. Which is beautiful. And this wasn't from Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Yeah. But I did buy it in Edinburgh, obviously. Um, so it's Erica Knight Studio Linen to Absolutely go with it. gorgeous. And some just bits and bobs, notebooks. Can you um, show them up for me, please? They're photographs of the felt art. Yeah, she's really talented, yeah, this lady. It's Aileen, amazing. and she's, and she's just amazing. Well. Yeah. She's really lovely. Yeah, she's fantastic. And apparently, this is last year's bag, but I've, I like it. I like it. I've just started cross stitch, so that should be alright. Perfect. And you have to tell people what your Instagram name is My Crochet Makes. And you have a hashtag. Yes. And you're potentially going to do a podcast. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> it took a little to get I her on to do this. Watch it. <laughs> I, I, I just put all my crappy bits at the end. That's all you do. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very okay, much. Thank you. you have to wait. Oh, yeah. Bye. <laughs> Next up, we have Rachel. How are you doing? Good. Now, beyond buying stash, you also did a workshop today, didn't you? Yes. I went to spin the job was, spindle. Was it good? Teacher was Deborah Gray. Yeah. She was excellent. So well worth it because the tickets can be for workshops can be quite expensive. Yeah. But you get into the marketplace now earlier, which is nice. It's really quiet. And she has a lot of experience teaching. Whereas I think a lot of classes, the teachers are really good at what they're doing, but they haven't necessarily had a lot of teaching experience. Yeah. But I think she's been teaching for about thirty years. And but you you have never dropped spindle before today. No. no and I'm then look at what you are producing. That's fun. I bought fab. this spindle in the festival because it has these nice shoes. Oh, well, that's pretty. Like that. And then what have you bought whilst you were in it? Because you're not going back in. This is your haul. This is no, it. No, this is it for you. So some fibre for my new career as a spinner. <laughs> um, and some Eden cotton yarns, cottage yarns because I haven't tried them yet. Yeah. And then uh, John Arben by Numbers. This is to make a cardigan that um, a friend of mine in my knit group has just released a pattern for. Oh, lovely. And some sparkly stuff. Which looks choice. like it's Easy Knits with the sparkle. Uh, yep. Yes. It's John from Easy Knits. Very it's nice. It. It's a lovely haul. And, um, and my new project bag. Oh, that's very nice. Of we course. Didn't buy at the festival, but, but did I you? Picked you picked it up, yes. That's a good festival tip, actually, is if you know somebody's coming to the festival, um, ask if they can bring your goods to the festival and then you're not paying the postage, especially if you know that they're coming over from abroad. It makes quite a massive difference, really, especially mm -hmm. given that you live abroad yes. and you've come um, back over here. That's why it has to be limited, anyway. Yes, 
suitcases can only be so big. You've got some amazing colours in there, though. I love this, with the way they've caked it up. Very nice. And who are you on Instagram? I'm running underscore stitcher. And she definitely does, because she and this one went for a run last night when they arrived in Nutters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't get lost, and they did about five and a half k. I was very impressed. <laughs> Thank you very much. And then on the Saturday, it was in early doors back into the festival. We again did exactly the same thing, made a beeline, went and got a table where we could set the signs up and encourage other people to come and sit beside us. And again, that worked really well. Loads of other people came and said hello and sat and crafted. There was a lady that came in and breastfed her child um, while she was sat there. And just, yeah, it was really nice to be warm and encouraging for other people to come and sit. And that was my friend Beck's idea to make up those signs and she made them, which is, it was just brilliant. It was a lovely thought to encourage um, people to come and be with us. So we did that and we um, we were right beside the photo booth so we all had loads and loads of photos taken. There was one bit where there were a load of us and we took a semi-serious one and then me being me said, well let's have one where we're all like arms in the air and uh, we'll do it and it will be one, two, three and then we'll say yay crochet. And so we did it and belted out ye crochet. And I think the whole room at that point, you know, 500 people turned around and looked at us. Like, ah. yeah, the crocheters are in the house. We are uh, we are representing our love of good quality fibre, most definitely. Um, so that was a Friday and it was a bit more, trying to take more video footage, trying to take more photos for you to see. And... Um, it was still quite difficult because you just get so taken in with what's going on and trying to chat to people. It's quite difficult even to remember to pull your phone out and show people what is going on. So I'm kind of quite amazed that I've got enough footage to show you this. I Sharon set up a WhatsApp group for everybody that was at Edinburgh and luckily lots of people have sent me their photos as well. And then by kind of half past two on the Saturday, we had to leave to get our train home. And I would say from my end, that was probably a mistake. I would have rather stayed there to the bitter end and been one of the last people to leave the building. Again, because come late afternoon, it does tend to quieten down a little bit. So, And that's true, I think, of almost every festival I have ever been to and vended at. Late afternoon is generally quite a lot quieter. That was my Edinburgh Yarn Festival. That was everything that we got up to. Let's show you what I've been buying. This is in two segments because there's what I bought and then what um, I was given because as Ali from Drops of Wonderful, Little Drops of Wonderful would say on her podcast, she's a spoiled brat. I was a totally spoiled brat at Edinburgh. Lots of people gave me beautiful things. Um, so the... There's stuff that I bought, stuff that, um, yarn that I was given for design work and yarn that I was given by people who just wanted to say thank you for sorting the accommodation and just getting everything together. So let's show you what I actually bought. The first one is a gorgeous linen bag and this is from <laughs> crazy, crazy ladies, Yael and Emmy from Emya Handmade. So they're based in Sweden. They make lovely linen bags using vintage linen, line them out, they're zipped, 
They've got a slight bucket base to them and they just do really nice, simple designs. This is my second um, bag from them. And like I say, it saved me the postage and packaging because they um, brought this to me from Sweden. What actually happened was I already had a project in one of my new tweed and um, waxed cotton bags and I had ordered this from them and then in the end up basically the money that I had given Yael we ended up swapping because she got one of my bright yellow tweed bags. So we were sat on the Thursday night crafting out of each other's bags which was really quite nice and special. So that was purchase number one but I probably paid for that a month before Edinburgh and then, well sorry I didn't pay for it but I'd ordered that a month before Edinburgh. And you can hear it clunking because it's been well in use. It's got a crochet hook and a, um, a stitch marker in there and it's a great kind of two to three skein project bag. That. The second thing that I had ordered online is um, a notebook which is called Adventures in Yarn and it's by a really lovely lady called Emily who lives in and around Edinburgh and her company is called Popcorn and Crocodiles. You can buy this from her website which is popcornandcrocodiles.co.uk and I'd seen, well I'd heard this reviewed on the Knit British um, podcast but actually in advance of that my friend Jenny had pinged me a message about it saying have you seen this and I'd forgotten about it and then um, when I heard it on Knit British and Jenny reminded me I was like ah yes of course I did, I did know about that. It's a really fab book and it isn't just set up for knitters as much of the paraphernalia is it's actually adventures in yarn not adventures in knitting and it has things like a colour wheel in it needle gauges in it for um, knitting and crochet Emily is actually predominantly a crocheter which is why she knows to keep us people happy as well you can put yarn notes in there it's got segments for adding your little strands in so you can keep little samples of the yarn in there now I'm not going to go into too much detail on this because um, Yael bought one, she did exactly what I did and had one pre-ordered and brought in, so did Emmy. Um, Beck and um, Jenny bought one when they were there um, and Emily brought it to them on the Saturday and I had already had mine on pre-order and all of that means that at some point in the next week or so hopefully I'm going to try and have a Zoom gathering, so an online session with all of those people and we are going to sit and review this thoroughly. So it won't just be me reviewing it, it will be five of us in total giving a review. Um, and watch that space because also Emily gave me one of these as a giveaway for the podcast. So I bought this one, she's given one to the podcast for a giveaway and so that will come out on the back of the review of this um, notebook. But it's green mustard on the front. I mean, honestly, what's not to love? She had me at mustard. <laughs> so that was what I had pre-advanced order. And then I went, I went with a small list of things that I either needed or wanted or that I knew I required for the next set of patterns that I wanted to do. So this is nothing to do with 
designing. This is just stuff that I've got my eye on and um, that I, I know I wanted to make. So I really want to be able to knit a shawl called um, Fallen Leaves. It was in lane, I think, in issue two or three. And I fell in love with it and it's the reason that I bought the publication. So what I needed for that was 50 grams of uh, mohair silk fingering weight. I, um, I could have bought some from Martin's Lab because they had the kits, but their kits were very rusty, yellowy coloured, which is great because I wear them a lot, but I wanted something that would just really pop against my standard colours so I can wear mustard and then wear something that will go with those colours. And I found that John at Easy Knits had some mohair and I was looking through it all and then I, I liked this one but then the name had me it's called Orion and Orion was the first ever constellation that I um constellation that I recognized in the sky and I always look for him and so <laughs> anything that's kind of called Orion automatically has my vote and it is gorgeous mid-purple going into quite a bright plummy pinky purple as well and I'm really looking forward to working with this but then I had that um, anxious moment where I was trying to find the other yarn to match it with because I didn't buy the kit from Martin's lab I was then trying to find a skein of yarn that would work and go with it but it needed to be um, 120 grams 480 meters that's what the pattern requires so I'm either then looking for a skein that's 120 grams or I would have to buy two 100 gram skeins and I have quite a bit left over. And I came across a company called Cosmic Springs and I, I'm sorry, Cosmic Strings and I believe they are based in Edinburgh and it's an Etsy shop which is called Knit Cosmic Strings. You can obviously also crochet with it. Um, and it is 65% superwash merino, 20% silk, 15% yak. So it's a really nice high-end yarn that I've got there. But this is one of those love and treasure forever shawls. I find that with my crafting, some things I make because they're going to be workhorse items and I wear them all the time out of my office or I just, um, they get a bit battered. This one is a special special shawl that I will be making then when I got it back I thought it's not really the right colour so I'm going to find a, a different mohair to go with this because I really want to use the cosmic strings in my fallen leaves I wear a lot of navy and so the turquoise is perfect and I will find another project for my lovely um, easy knits mohair so that was a bit of an epic fail but I did that kind of what thing going around the festival thinking I've got to get this because I really really want it and I've just realized that the cosmic strings is called Pisces so this is a very kind of um um stars aligning moment for this shawl so maybe I should do the two together and just get over it I'm just I'm not convinced that they'll work with the purple and the teal that I've got I might test it and see, but mohair isn't that easy to frog out. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But lesson learned there. Don't do wah buying. Um, I just need to stick to what it is that I know I want and need and not, not be sidetracked by time pressures. 
So one of the other things that was on my list was to go and buy some more of the Iona wool single origin yarn. I bought some of their DK last year and it was in quite a, um, a bright lichen-y yellow with um, quite a bright cobalt blue. And I really love the colours, but together they just look like the Swedish flag. And every time I see it, I just think of Ikea. And I can't get it out of my head. So um, I was looking for their grey. And by the time I got there on Saturday afternoon, they'd completely run out of the grey. So that's the downside. If you're talking about going to a show um, later in the afternoon rather than in the morning, there is... You know, there is a, a chance that the thing that you're looking for is no longer there. One of the ways around that is to get in touch with the vendor, see if you can purchase it in advance, not pay postage and packaging, and just go and pick it up from them at the show. That's a possibility for some vendors. I wouldn't say it's possible for all because, you know, it's a really busy time getting ready to vend at one of these events, especially something like Edinburgh or Festival, which is just crazy busy so I got my third skein of Iona single origin wool and it is in a very grassy mountainy green colour it does on face value it probably doesn't look like it would go with the lichen yellow and quite a cobalt blue but I tested the three side by side and for some nice colour work I actually think it will work really nicely so I already know that this crochets up beautifully and it's sticky enough for colour work. So, uh, yeah, that's that was uh, on the list allowed to buy. And then one of the companies that I had seen in some of the lead-up marketing for Edinburgh and Festival is um, she's a natural dyer called Hey Mama Wolf and she's based in Germany. And her colours, as you often get with natural dyes, are very muted, very soft, very tonal. And her stand was beautiful. I've got some footage which um, I'll add in. And there was just one skein that I kept on going back to. And I would leave it on the shelf, go and walk around the inside of her stall, come back round. And I thought, if I leave without this... Or if I even go away for 10 minutes and somebody else has got it, I know that I'm going to be really, really gutted when it's gone. Um, when I spoke to her about this skein, basically she's bringing on um, a worker, a helper, an apprentice, and she let the apprentice go loose on some skeins of yarn and they were practising all of their dyeing. And so it's got um, logwood in there, indigo, I think did you see daffodils as well it's got pretty much every color but because it's naturally dyed and it's muted it all blends beautifully um yeah so i was really chuffed with that so she dyes on a number of different fiber bases and i got sock yarn which is number four and it's 80 percent wool and 20 percent rami it's non-super wash um and it's plastic free and the wool is merino and corridor comes from South America and it's processed in Germany um, and it's called Looking for Clues is the colourway and it was dyed on the 7th of March 2018 so this was one that I suspect was dyed um, specifically to come up to the festival I really love it so she was 
somebody that I was making a beeline for um, during the festival because I wanted to make sure I came back with the skein of her yarn. Very pleased that I did. And the other one that was on my list was to go straight to Tanya at TJ Frog and pick up her latest wool, which is, it's a light DK and I got 50 grams and it's Dorset Horn um, and it's sourced and made in Britain for Tanya. And really lovely, very light creamy coloured Dorset Horn. And this is part of the wool exploration that I'm doing. Louise at Knit British has released the next load of breeds. And aside Teeswater, I can't remember what the other two are, but we, you can do any of the Dorset breeds. So I have chosen Dorset Horn. And uh, yeah, so you will see this come into my crocheted breeds blanket. And there will be a blog come along soon about that. I'm actually currently testing um, <laughs> Jacob, a Jacob swatch in my bra um, to see if there's any itch at all. It's lovely and warm, <laughs> um, but this is one of the things that you do under the wool exploration is knit or crochet up a swatch and then test it against your skin. So that's been in there since I showered this morning and um, there is no itch with Jacob Yarn on me. It's very nice. So I will be doing exactly the same thing with the Dorset Horn and every other breed that I'm testing out. And then the last thing that was on my list was to pick up a little more of the Berlin Yarn Company. These are from Seafaring Sheep and um, it comes from the Isle of Bernary, which is on the Outer Hebrides. I picked up a lot of this in grey and in their peat brown when I was over on the Outer Hebrides last summer and um, this one is called Reef and it's just 50 grams, it's a new four ply that they're doing and it's a Hebridean and Cheviot blend, 100% wool. <clears throat> but I figured even though it's a floor ply I can just double it up if I need to match it in with my double knitting or I can use it in some colour work somewhere. But I really um, I'm enjoying working with this yarn. I've started a knitted jumper with it and again I'm doing some colour work and so I thought I'll just I'll test it out because I love the story behind this company. If you haven't if you haven't read it or you don't yet follow them on Instagram, it's really interesting. The sheep go and graze on some of the different islands and they have to be ferried across um for shearing and um moved around in the different seasons. And it's just really incredible to see the story of these sheep through the eyes of a wool producer. So yeah, go and um, check them out. That is the Berlin Yarn Company. And they've got lots of new colours that have come on board as well. But I still, the, the one that I've got is this lovely tealy blue colour. Um, but I really love the undyed natural ones that they have. So... That was almost it, and then at the last minute I thought I would add in some surprise, um, some surprise yarn, totally out of sync for me, because it's as bright as you can get. Rachel Coupe from Sockier has started doing luminous sock yarn, um, and I've used her yarn quite a lot for... Um, socks and it's hard wearing and it's warm and it crochets really nicely 
um, particularly for socks, but it also knits up well. It's a really good workhorse yarn for me. And it is 75% superwash merino, 25% nylon. And I have got bright, bright pink and luminous yellow, like highlighter yellow. Um, not at all colours that would be my normal go-to colours, not even close. I haven't worn luminous pink and yellow since I was 12. And it was all the rage and everybody had jeans with patches on and the patches had to be really luminous um, colours. And that was the last time that I wore them. Um, but these are actually going to go into socks as contrast heels, cuffs and toes. Because if you pair this off with a really nice green, um, not green, grey, then you're still being subtle but you've got a little bit of jazz at the bottom of your feet. So that's why I got those. And sometimes just that little pop of colour really works in a project and um, hence why I got, why I bought these. <laughs> I know lots of you are looking at me going, look at all the muted things that you have bought and then that. But I think it's my 12-year-old self saying, do it, do it, do it. Nobody needs to see what's on your feet. <laughs> so yeah, luminous feet is where I'm heading. I said to Jenny, do you want some some luminous socks? She was like, no. It's like, not even the pink. Well, maybe the pink, but not all of it. Just Just part of it. Definitely, she does not want the yellow. So that is everything that I bought from Edinburgh and Edinburgh Yarn Festival. I had a ball, but I was also spoiled. So let me show you what I got in for designs next. So in advance of heading up to the festival, um, I'd already spoken to John and Juliet Arben when I was at Unravel. And they had their new copper tones coming out, but the four ply wasn't going to be available until Edinburgh. So I had already been working on um, the bones of a design. Um, it's one that actually I started the back end of last summer. So I had all of the stitch counts set. I knew what the pattern was. I knew what the increase and decrease side of the pattern was, but I didn't know how the colours were going to work. And I knew that I wanted it to be a three skein striped shawl. So, you know, a really nice, big, warm, cuddly shawl. Um, and it wasn't until I was actually in Edinburgh that I really nailed the pattern down and gave it an identity. So if you're watching this, you can see in the background that I have got a teal coloured shawl and it's called Loft. And the reason it's called Loft is because that's where we were staying in Edinburgh. And I wanted a pattern that kind of commemorated our amazing weekend away at Edinburgh. And that, so that's what Loft is. It's, it's a thank you to everybody that was in our accommodation, to everybody that we met, everyone that just made it a really special time and place to be um, a couple of weeks ago. And the... Um, the stripes within the shawl actually represent all the flaming stairs that we had to uh, get up to get to the top of our accommodation because it's aptly named. It really was the top of the place. It was a lot of stairs to get up there, as is quite often the case with Edinburgh accommodation. So yes, I had already um, kind of just about to start work on Loft. I've now finished it a week later. 
but the reason that I wanted more from John and Juliet is because they want to design on their stands and I also need the same designs to sell on my stand when I vend as a designer and uh, a seller of notions. And so that's why I was picking up so much stuff from them. And that's why it looks like I'm really, really greedy with their knit by numbers range. But, so <laughs> Juliet had put aside for me six skeins of their new copper tones and they are beautiful i just love them so this will be balled up as soon as i've finished recording and the second um loft version will be on the hook tonight the second lot of copper is then going to be a knitted version of the same shawl so again i've already worked out what the numbers will be and um it will look almost identical to the crocheted one but it will be a knitted version and this is something that you're going to see more and more from me is if a if a pattern pattern can be done both crocheted and knitted then that's exactly what I'll do so I'm offering out more chance for people to make it and get to know my designs and so the other knitted version that I will then keep is going to be in these purples um, so I think this is their grape range um, and it just shows what you can do with the yarns in different colours so you don't because sometimes what happens is people will see a colour and go I don't like the colour therefore I don't like the pattern um, so it's good for me to be able to show them off in different ways very excited about this pattern I'm really proud of it and I love the fact that it it's based in and around Edinburgh and our yarny adventures together. So one of the things about being in this community is that everybody is so very, very giving. And I was given a lot of presents, a lot of handmade gifts and really beautiful things. And um, I was always taught that if you're given a present, you don't, automatically rip it open and open it there and then in front of the person so if you gave me something and didn't open it straight away it's not through lack of appreciation it was just nailed into me that you're not rude you're not um, you're not desperately feverishly opening up a present it's something that's to be relished and totally appreciated so with a lot of the presents that I was given I didn't open them until I got back home because I wanted to give them like the care and attention that they were due so um for some of the gifts that I've given um you know the people didn't see me opening them straight away um yeah spoiled utterly spoiled though so um lovely Rachel um was staying in the accommodation with us she's based in Switzerland and she brought me over you know it's two skeins of this really wonderful wool and it's by a company called Lana Rara I think it's Rara and it's rare Swiss wool and it is 57% um, wool 43% merino and it's a specific um, breed that she has um, mixed with the merino and there's a really incredible lovely um empowering backstory to this wool as well and 
the colours are very muted and lovely. <laughs> Not at all like highlighter, yeah, no. Um, and what I'll do is provide links in the show notes to this company because I really like what they do, you know, so much so that I've already been on looking at how easy it is for me to source some more of it because it's just lovely and I know that it's going to be gorgeous to crochet with as well. It's even got a little sticker which tells you that it's a rare protected species, this um, specific breed that they have used and mixed with the merino. And I could try and tell you what it is, but I would not be doing it justice. So that was a very lovely thing that landed in my in my hands. And then I met with my crazy ladies, Yael and Emmy, who are exactly as they sound, they're crazy, they're nutters, and I love them dearly. And they have brought me some... Um, this is a Swedish wool, which is called, it's by a company called Ulcentrum, which I think just means farm wool, basically. Um, it's really nice to work with. I've done quite a few bits and pieces with this over the last few years. And um, so have Yael and Emmy, they really like working with it. And this is um, the undyed version of it, and it comes in all sorts of colours. If you're based in the UK, you can source this really easily through Midwinter Yarns. Um, and it's really nice to work with and cheapy <laughs> it's it's lovely and what, what I'm so chuffed about is that people just know um, that the natural tones are for me and that I just have a love of all things muted and obviously now highlighter yellow and they also gave me a skein of um, a single ply really interesting looking um, wool again it's completely from um, Sweden and it was one for me to just have a play around with and see what I think and it's lovely heather tones in it so soft just so soft and squishy which is quite often the place the case with single ply wool so looking forward to having a play with that the other thing that Sweden is known for is its linen. And you can get some beautiful linens out of Sweden. And um, they've got a website which is yllotyll.com. I'm not even going to begin to try and pronounce that. But it's 260 metres for the 100 grams. And it's this lovely kind of magpie bluey green colour. Really gorgeous. Um, and the thing about linen, if you've never worked with it before, is it, on first handle it can feel really quite stiff and unfriendly. Um, but actually as you work with it, it softens up. And when you wash and block it, it comes into its own. It really softens, it will stretch out. And it's just really, really exceptionally hard wearing. So don't be put off if you ever come across linen in the skin and think, oh, you're you're a bit brash because it's not it just needs to be worked with it just it needs the energy from your hands and the warmth from your hands putting into it and it needs that wash to really bring it to life and, and make it work for you how gorgeous is that there was also some chocolate uh, needless to say that got eaten i shared it with matthew it had lingonberries in it was absolutely beautiful now, one of the other things that the ladies did was made me some beeswax cream, um, some organic beeswax cream, and it's got um, calendula um, mixed in with it, which came from Yael's garden. So, a couple of podcasts ago, I was saying that I suffer with my cuticles and that 
I get little snags on my nails because of the amount of wool that I work with. It's rare that my nails are in really good condition because they're my hands are working hands and um, getting a manicure is never my top priority. Uh, it's just not something that I do. Um, so you'll never see me with gorgeous, beautiful nails. But I really struggle to look after the skin. And so what they did was made me my own little balm, my own little hand salve. Um, and the other thing that they um, are about to do is pop the recipe up for us on the Ravelry thread. So if you suffer from the same issues, they will provide you with the recipe for being able to make your own um, beeswax cream for your hands. And it works. It's really nice on my cuticles and is helping to keep those little snags at bay. So this now um, comes around with me in my project bag so that I can just every now and then keep on rubbing it on my hands. Spoiled, absolute spoiled brat. Um, my friend Jenny bought me a Ginger Twist studio bag when she was in the, um, in the festival, which is great. It's a really nice big shopper and it's holding all of my spoiled brat items. Um, of which the next one is a really nice ball of Romney Marsh wools which is Romney breed and it's from Romney. This came from um, Kareem and she like me is also doing a kind of British breeds blanket and a bit of exploration on it and so we've been swapping um, breeds so I've given her some North Ronaldsey, I've got some Jacob Teeswater and Ryland for her to go and she swapped me out with some Romney and her, the one that she's given me is this lovely um, fawny brown colour and actually I've got some cream Romney to send her as well so we can both see how it works um, with the different colours and whether there's any difference in the feel and the way that it hooks um, just because of the colours and therefore the, the original shape that it came from. So I have a hundred, lovely big hundred gram chunk of um, pure British Romney uh, will to go at which is great because I'm really powering through all of the breed swatches now um, having been quite behind for a while I'm now I'm now on top of it and filling in the forms and doing everything I'm meant to be doing um, I also received lots of lovely little badges first one came from Charlie <laughs> he gave me my team crochet badge <laughs> which is from um, Lana Boo's shop. She's on Etsy and it's L-A-N-A-B-O-U shop. Um, I think Charlie's got one of these as well. So I've got a bag upstairs that I use and that's where all of my pin badges go. So I've got one from Clarisbeth on there. I've got my Claudia one on there, all sorts. And to that, I will also be adding my Keep Calm and Carry Yarn pin badge that I was given by Alison and Vivian. Really nice to meet um, Vivian, Alison's mum, um, from that podcast. I've met, met Alison before um, and Vivian came over from the States for that. And also Caroline um, from Crochet Cakes podcast, who now has her own podcast, which I will link in the in the notes. So Caroline had come over from Puerto Rico as well. And yeah, I, just, I got to meet so many people and have so much fun. And I now have lots of extra pin badges, including a cat, which has been hand-sewn by Rosina. And it's the cutest thing ever. It's really cute. A little blue cat 
with his little nose and whiskers all sewn on and he's going to be added onto my project bag as well. I just I love him, love him. Spoiled, he's got little button eyes as well. So cute. But that's not it. I also was given by um, Vivian and Alison a little bag which did have chocolates in it and my Keep Calm and Carry Yarn um, podcast brooch which is actually a really good size for a 50 gram ball of yarn so I'm going to use it in the same way that I was using the um, the socks that I had sewn up if you've seen that podcast you'll remember it I'm going to use this in the exact same way to house my yarn and then it doesn't matter if it skirts about the floor it will keep my yarn clean and the thread will just come out from the top really nice um, linen that it's made from Vivian is an excellent seamstress she has her own um, shop on Etsy called Pearl and Plum <laughs> and she said to me you do know that it's not me that does the work when you say that my work's really good you do know it's a machine and I'm like yes I know but actually um, you direct the machine you're the one that tells it what to do I thought there was a burglar because Matthew's meant to be out all day. And it's not, it's Matthew. Um, my spoiled gratitis continues because um, Clarisabeth also gave me um, a cupcake, <laughs> lavender sachet, which smells lovely, which I'm going to add into my... I've got lots of these dotted around my yarn stash because lavender helps to keep moths away. Um, it doesn't kill them, it doesn't um, do anything horrible to them, they're just quite scent sensitive and um, don't really like the smell of fresh lavender. So that will go in there. And she also gave me a bag, which I love. Um, it's got arrows on it and feather, um, yeah, arrows with the feather heads on them. And inside, Matthew was very much taken with this. It's Star Wars. So I think he would prefer to have it this way around, um, showing off all of the Star Wars stuff. And I would much rather have feathers. But I think when I'm maybe making Matthew's socks, I might turn it around to the Star Wars thing. You know, anything that will make him love wool more, I'm all over that. So that came from Clarisabeth, who is starting to make her own project bags um, as a potential kind of income stream for her. So I'll, I'll let you know what the latest is on that when I've got more from her. But really nicely made, lovely wedge bottom to it and lovely, but I'm spoiled. Um, and that was all really nicely wrapped up with an F for <laughs> which I'm gonna hang up somewhere in the office maybe. I've got um, some branches that come off with birds on them and this might be hanging on there. Um, and Caroline is, um, she she makes a lot of jewellery, really beautiful jewellery. If you've ever seen her own podcast, she's now got two episodes out, or if you, um, if you've seen some of the earlier crochet cakes podcast you'll always see Caroline wearing her own jewellery and it's really nicely done with um she felts wool and it's often quite vibrant and really nice and chunky and yeah she's really nice tasteful handmade um jewellery 
and she made me and I think other people got one in different colours mine is a kind of greeny yellowy colour and it's a ball of yarn with a silver crochet hook through it I think you can, I've taken photos of all of this stuff so you can see just the level of like spoiled brattishness that's gone on because it's lovely and I was wearing this during the um, global hookup I was going to wear it for, for this for recording this vlog but I figured um, you wouldn't be able to see it properly and I'd much rather be able to show it off here what I really like is Matthew and I were having a little hug um, I had it on yesterday actually and we were having a hug and I went to pull away from him and the hook had hooked onto his jumper and I was like ha 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 you're not allowed to stop hugging me because you're hooked to me <laughs> um, so yeah really lovely and something quite different as well it was just um, a really nice thing to receive I'm so grateful for all of this stuff it really is incredible and that it makes that connection um, all the greater and this is the the last thing that I received from somebody so I mentioned earlier at the Keeley I met um, Sarah from Fibertrek and um, she very very kindly passed me at the Keeley a skein of yarn and it's by a company called Nash Island and it's their Tide yarn and you can get this via um, Starcroft Fibre and that's actually the mill and if you watch any of her podcasts on YouTube you'll see that she's got lovely connections to this micro mill is very passionate about it has some of her own blends made there and um, has got a really lovely friendship with Jani the lady that runs the um, runs the mill and it's just such a lovely story and when when I'd sat down at that table for the Keeley I'd said oh you know you, you get to know people a little bit and um, as is quite often the case, you know, I'll let people know that my love of breed wool and um, what what we've got going on in the UK and how much I love to crochet with it and I love to try and get more people to crochet with, with wool and with British breeds. And, um, yeah, I think um, Sarah and Claire and I are kindred spirits on that front and so she gave me this lovely skein of, of wool. And again, I've been straight onto their website thinking... I need more of this. I've been checking out people's Ravelry stash as well to see if there's any that I can buy that's already sat in the UK because it's really nice and um, bouncy. And yeah, I just, I want some more of this in my life and she does really lovely colours um, at Starcroft Fibre. And that is it. That is my sport brattishness done. I'm just... I got a little overwhelmed with it all because I know that sometimes people want to say thank you for me putting the podcast out and and for the community that we're building up um, and it's not that I'm in no way ungrateful for that. I just find it quite, um, I, I actually find it quite overwhelming and I don't really know how to get that across other than to say everything that I receive is used, will be used and is so gratefully received I can't thank you enough for it um, yeah genuinely gobsmacked by the generosity of people and just how nice everybody is 
So to sum up Edinburgh Yarn Festival, it's going to be a few years before I go again and that's nothing against the festival in itself, it's just that I want to experience other ones. And then Lisa, who was staying in the accommodation, um, said, well, you know there's a new one in Dublin and we can maybe do that next year. So, it looks like if Woolen, which is the one that's in May this year in Dublin, if that's a success and they run it in 2019... Who's up for a little fibre frolic over uh, over in Dublin? Let me know if you are. Lisa's going to help me organise it because she's a local lass. She knows what to be doing and what shenanigans we can get up to. But it looks like I'm organising another, or helping to organise another yarn festival, not retreat, retreat. <laughs> so, if you want to get in on the action... For Dublin, May 2019, ping me an email and I will start to gather numbers and um, start to get the details together. It was this time last year that I started doing the Edinburgh stuff, so um, I would probably do exactly the same thing for Dublin and start the planning and getting ready to rock and roll with it. If you fancy, let me know. Right, I'm done. Thank you very much to everybody. Uh, that was part of my Edinburgh Yarn Festival experience um, to all the nutters, to the people that I was sharing accommodation with to you know, just everybody that made it so much fun and I really mean that, it was so much fun I loved it, thank you very much love to you all mm-hmm.